The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Class is in session with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. We are presented always by DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one. Yep, those of you that watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You see me giving you the number one finger, index finger, by the way, not the middle finger, number one rated sportsbook app. You guys are number one. Those of you that spread the word via social media, I check them all. I check Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Ross Tucker NFL. I check Twitter and Instagram, at Ross Tucker Pod. I look for new people that are new. Every once in a while, I'll reward someone for a second time or a third time if they're a regular in terms of the retweets and the likes. But I'm looking for you. I'm looking for someone who's new and for the first time supporting the show by giving us a little social media love. So I am looking for you because I want to send you one of these signed press passes or a signed football card or a signed picture. Now, as for the Madden code, which I will be giving out Madden code number three tomorrow on a Finish Strong Friday Ross Tucker football podcast, I am looking for those of you that take advantage of our glorious sponsors. I am looking for those of you, especially that get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone, Deposit some amount of money. It could be a dollar, five dollars, doesn't matter. But you put the promo code Ross in. That's the key. That's what really helps us here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Tomorrow, I'll also announce the YouTube shout out winner for this week. The person at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL who's a new subscriber. So, man, I got three winners each and every week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Good to be a listener of this show and good to have Greg Cosell. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, there's a lot I want to get to with you. Greg, of course, is on the NFL Matchup Show every weekend. He's also the executive producer. You know, I was thinking, Greg, since you're the executive producer (laughs) and on-air talent, 
you should give yourself a raise. Like you're the <laughs> boss of the show, you're the executive producer. You should say, you know what, Greg Cosell, on-air analyst, you're doing a heck of a job. You deserve a raise. Well, you know, unfortunately, Ross, I'm just a working man. So uh, I just show up, work uh, probably a few too many hours. If people knew the hours I worked, they'd probably say, you're nuts. But that's just the way it goes. And you know what? I guess I feel like a coach. I always feel like there's too much I can't see and don't see because uh, not only do I watch tape all the time, but obviously, as you know, I've, I've got to uh, do a show every week. So uh, there's a lot of things that go with that. And in this pandemic year, it's a little different. All right. So every week, Greg, I think I'm going to make my discussion with you the DraftKings segment of the week where we're going to really focus in on either a game or specific players that you got a chance to watch that I really want to get your insight into so that people know when they go on the DraftKings Sportsbook app or even just the regular DraftKings app for their DFS lineup, they really should focus in on something. So tell me maybe the guy who impressed you the most, who stood out to you more than any other that people really need to be aware of for this week and the rest of the season, both for daily fantasy and for betting on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Well, it might seem crazy, Ross, because both these guys are, are more than likely Hall of Famers. But I thought that Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger really stood out on tape. Rodgers this week, I thought, was just at his absolute best. He played within the structure of the offense, but can still make plays outside of structure, as we know, as we saw with that touchdown throw to Devonta Adams. But overall, he played incredibly efficiently. Uh, and threw the ball about as well as you can throw it. He he threw the long ball, the deep ball. He literally just handed it to his receivers. The throws were so good. So when I was watching Rodgers' throws, I just thought, wow, this guy is – this was a special, special performance by Aaron Rodgers. And I'm very curious to see because Matt LaFleur did not do what I thought he would do based on what he had done with the draft. I thought it would be a running football team, but he came out and had Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, and Rodgers played at an incredibly high level within structure. And then there's Ben Roethlisberger, who, given the fact that he hadn't played in over a year and had an elbow injury, you know, it wasn't like he, he had a leg injury, I thought that he was really calm, poised, threw the ball exceptionally well. But I also thought their coaching staff, their offensive coaching staff, did an outstanding job because they played a Giants defense that's basically from the school of Belichick with Joe Judge and Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, was a ton of man coverage, and they did such a good job with man-beater concepts. So there's a lot to get to there, Greg, and I, I want to start and go back to Rodgers. So the Packers now play and host Detroit on Sunday. Yeah, the Packers are six-point favorites. I do have to ask you this, Greg. How how much was Rodgers and how much was bad Vikings pass defense? Well, it's interesting you say that because two things also stood out. Number one, I thought that the Packers' O-line did a phenomenal job in pass protection. And I know they lost their right guard, Lane Taylor, who's now out for the year, 
but their O-line was tremendous. The other thing that really stood out is we're used to seeing the Vikings be a predominant zone-based defense. In this game, they played close to 50% man-to-man. Now, that could be a function of new corners. Maybe Mike Zimmer and staff believe that these new corners are better man-coverage corners because they started the rookie Danzler on the outside. He's tall. He's long. Uh, They also played Hill, who's also tall. Uh, and long on the outside. So maybe they feel, of course, it's one week. So you don't know whether it was specific to this game or if this is something they'll do. But the Vikings defense could not get pressure, and they played a ton of man coverage. Very interesting. So anyway, the Packers, six-point favorites over the Lions. You mentioned Big Ben. We got to dive into that, uh, I think, a little deeper. Greg, did you notice – any lack of zip, anything different with his arm from when you last studied him really back in 2018? Was there anything perceptibly different to you? No. And I would answer this question this way as well. Even Roethlisberger in his prime, to me, I never saw him as a power thrower. I think he was a finesse thrower who could power it up when needed. But he, he's not one of those guys like a Stafford or a Rodgers where it's just like whoosh, the ball is like that. He's a big man who throws it very well, but not a true power thrower. So I always saw Ben as a finesse thrower who could make the necessary velocity throws. But I didn't see really any change in the way he threw the ball. He and, and there were a couple of throws where he, he waited in the pocket late in the down and really didn't step in and then made excellent throws. That's good to hear. I mean, he still has that natural ability. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I loved – I called it on the radio, Greg. I was on the call with Ian Eagle, and his first touchdown pass to Juju Smith-Schuster, I called it a fadeaway jumper. Yeah, he was he was backpedaling backwards and got a lot of air onto the ball and lofted. I've always said, if I'm and now Aaron Rodgers is pretty good at this too, but if I was outside with my buddies or if I was at recess or at the playground, Roethlisberger is my playground quarterback. Well, if I'm not mistaken, that came against zero coverage, and and he knew that he had a ton of space in the, uh, I think it was the left corner of the end zone, and he knew he could just lay it out there for Smith-Schuster to run under. You know, that was, he just recognized the defense. Actually, Smith-Schuster made an unbelievable move, a great route to beat the corner. Uh, But uh, no, that was against zero coverage, but you're right. Roethlisberger is just one of those guys. I think he's got a, he's always had a great feel for touch. That's why I said he's not a pure velocity thrower. He's at his core, more of a finesse thrower. It's a really interesting point, Greg. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that. Steelers are seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the Broncos on Sunday on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Some other guys I definitely want to hit you on, Greg. Gardner Minshew. (laughs) My guy. I mean, there's been so much talk about all of the assets the Jags have traded away, tank for Trevor, all that stuff. I mean, he looked pretty good to me, Greg. You know – I did a deep dive this summer, of course, being home so much, I was able to kind of do a deep dive on a lot of players in the NFL. And I, I focused mostly on skilled players, Ross. Sorry, I, I didn't I didn't do a deep dive on a lot of offensive guards. Sorry about that. But I focused on a lot of skilled players, quarterbacks, wide receivers. 
And Minshew was one of those guys. And his tape from a year ago as a rookie, when he clearly was not supposed to be the starter because it was supposed to be Nick Foles, was really, really good. And then I watched him again this week against Indianapolis in a game that everybody said, oh, that's the easiest win of week one, Colts over the Jaguars. And Minshew is just very efficient. He's refined. He's accurate. The ball comes out. He's got some movement to him. Gardner Minshew is a quality NFL quarterback who I think will only continue to get better. And while he doesn't have a gun, he can make every necessary throw. So I think Gardner Minshew's tape speaks for itself. And everybody has pushed him aside because there's this sense, oh, all they, all they need is Trevor Lawrence. Well, assuming Minshew's progression continues, I would argue they do not need a quarterback, that that would not be a position of need for the Jaguars. Wow. Love it. That would be huge for them if Minshew was the guy. I'm a little surprised based on their performance. And we talk about this all the time on the Even Money podcast. But since this segment is sponsored by DraftKings, I'll point out that the Jaguars' nine-point underdog seems kind of disrespectful after the way they played against the Colts against Tennessee on yeah. Sunday. i uh, got to ask you as well. Greg, about Kyler Murray. I got, you know, I, all I know is this it is really fun to watch him play football and run around, and guys can't touch him. And we've talked about this over the last couple of years, Greg. I thought, arguably, and look, Lamar Jackson had a great day, and Minju had a good day, Aaron Rodgers. I thought, arguably, the two best quarterbacks uh, over the weekend were Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. I'm just sitting here thinking, man, it is like a sub six foot quarterback takeover it is unbelievable to see how far we've come this fast well you know again because you it's week one and you don't know whether how teams are going to play for the season or whether week one was just a function of that given opponent but I thought Cliff Kingsbury did an outstanding job he understood the defense he was playing against obviously it's a division opponent the Niners so they rely on four-man pressures, and they played a ton of cover four. And he had Murray quick game, timing throws, and Murray, and the ball was coming out. And, and Murray, therefore, the, the pass rushers were not getting to him, so he wasn't falling away from his throws, which he had a big tendency to do last year as a rookie. So he was able to throw and step into them. And playing all that quarters coverage, Corners, when they play quarters with outside leverage, their bodies are turned inside. They can't play out routes. And he just threw either speed outs or intermediate outs to, to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And you can't cover those playing cover four if you're going to play with outside leverage. So it wasn't that Hopkins just burned the Niners. It was the nature of the defense the Niners played and what Cliff Kingsbury decided to do. Um, you know, but it's really interesting to me. One final point. On his 22-yard touchdown run, Kyler Murray's, that is, he had, I think it was Christian Kirk, wide open, and he chose not to throw it because he saw green grass in front of him and obviously scored. And I always wonder how that's coached, Ross. You know, when you're in the meeting room, do you say, hey, Kyler, you know, the play design worked. You got to throw the ball. Or do you say, great play, Kyler. You know, and I never know how that's coached because, you know, like I said, the play design worked and the receiver was wide open. And there was really no pressure on Murray. He just saw green grass. Loving this insight and analysis from my guy, Greg Cosell, from the NFL Matchup Show here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. 
Uh, I got to ask you as well about the Jets. And I, I really, you know, we've had a lot of positives so far here, Greg. It's been a very positive segment. <laughs> but we can't be all, you know, uh, dandelions and rose petals. What is the deal with the Jets? Is it just a lack of weapons? What are you seeing? Well, I probably this summer watched 350 Sam Darnold dropbacks from last year. And there are a lot of concerns with Sam Darnold, and they showed up again. Sam Darnold is a quarterback that uh, his feet don't work very well. He doesn't step to his throws. He's not patient in the pocket. He tends to leave the pocket too early. Uh, He perceives pressure and breaks down. He leaves a lot of throws on the field because of that. And he's not particularly accurate. He misses routine NFL throws, throws we would call layups. So Darnold has a lot of work to do. And whether he gets there or not remains to be seen. The Jets are an easy mark because they're not a super talented team. But when you evaluate a quarterback, and I learned this very early on years ago from really smart people at the quarterback position, you evaluate a quarterback, you isolate his traits in a vacuum. It doesn't matter who the receivers are. Those are then, those then just become numbers. You know, I remember listening to Terry Bradshaw once saying, hey, sometimes I would just throw it up and, you know, John Stallworth would catch it. Well, that's great. But that has nothing to do with the quarterback position and how it's played. Uh, and and you, when you evaluate a quarterback, you have to start with the quarterback's traits, attributes, and characteristics. And Darnold needs a lot of work. Very interesting. All right. What about, um, we talked about the Vikings defense and we talked about them playing more man. They're playing the Colts, and you want to talk about, I don't want to say a must-win game, Greg, but this is one of those 0-1, 0-1 matchups. Both these teams, you know, believe they're playoff teams. What interests you in this matchup? Is it just whether or not the Vikings will play man-to-man again against the Colts and Phillip Rivers, who, by the way, in that game against your boy Minshew and the Jags, did not punt once. I know. And they still lost. You know, I'm anxious to see what the Colts' offensive approach is. They It was a game in w- that was never really out of hand. It was a close game, and they really had Rivers drop back an awful lot, more than I would have expected. Now, his numbers were good. Obviously, he threw uh, the late pick, and then people just say, oh, that's Phillip Rivers, but uh, which I don't agree with, by the way. But but the, the point I'm making is now that Marlon Mack is out, uh, I, I'm very anxious to see – if they put the burden on Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jonathan Taylor uh, obviously did not have big numbers this week. He had two runs called back due to penalty. That would have made his numbers look better. But I'm very curious to see if they hand him the ball. They use Naheem Hines quite a bit, and he's a very effective pass receiver. Uh, He's a really good receiving back. But my sense is that they don't want Rivers dropping back close to 50 times. And so I'm very curious to see what their offensive approach is against the Vikings. Wanted to get your thoughts as well, Greg, on the Rams and the Eagles. I know you watch the Eagles, and you know I watch the Eagles for some of the different jobs we have. So I I can't go without asking you what you saw. I I mean, I can tell you what I saw, but I wanted to get your thoughts, uh, in particular on Carson Wentz, but just in general as well. Well, A couple of things. Um, Wentz did not play particularly well. Overall, his ball placement must become more precise. He misses far too many layups. 
and he clearly needs to get a better feel for game situations. We used to talk about that with Andrew Luck, and then it kicked in with Andrew Luck. Um, and because you, you can't be a hero on every play. Um, but I will point out two plays, and, and people may not be aware of this. The second interception uh, that he threw was not on Wentz. It was on Hightower, the rookie. It was a hitch route against a retreating corner. And Hightower went two steps too far and never came back to the ball. And then there was a deep ball to Rager, an incompletion that people probably thought, oh, you got to complete that ball. Well, Rager ran a deep post. It was a great route concept versus cover four, a two-man route concept. And for some reason, Rager, when he broke to the post, slowed down. I don't know why, only he could tell you. And if he did not slow down, the throw was absolutely perfect and it would have been a long touchdown. But having said that, Wentz missed far too many routine NFL throws, uh, and you can't do that. The other thing is, I think when you call 50 passes and 17 runs, that that's a little extreme, uh, particularly when you get up 17 nothing. So I, I think they have to look at that and decide how they ultimately want to play. Really looking forward to next week already, Greg. Man, I feel like there's about a million more games and players that I could have asked you about, but... Uh, we get you for 20 minutes every week. I don't want to abuse that. Really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome stuff, Greg. Already looking forward to next week. Thank you so much. All right, Ross. Appreciate it. Thanks. Make sure you check out Greg on the NFL Matchup Show. Love having him here every week on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Also, love the fact I can tell you about NFL Game Pass. Guess where Greg watches the video? He watches the coaching tape from NFL Game Pass, and you can too. So you can break down some of the stuff that Greg Cosell just broke down on NFL Game Pass, or you can just watch the condensed television copy. So, I mean, NFL, if, if most of you that listen to this, you've got the sickness, you've got the disease. You should go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. I have it. I enjoy it. Uh, NFL Game Pass, that's where football never stops. Again, NFL.com slash Game Pass for your free trial. Tux Takes. Hi, Ross. Well, we usually only talk NFL here, but let's talk a little college football. The Big Ten announcing that they are coming back this fall to play. There's a lot of ripple effects around the football world. What are your thoughts? A ton of ripple effects. I mean... For one, what what a uh, massive difference for the players that are playing some college football games this year versus the ones that aren't in terms of their NFL evaluation for next year's draft, which we talk about on the College Draft Podcast. And also, are they really in those other leagues going to try to have January, February, March football? Are they really going to try to have a season? That'll be interesting. Plus, you know, there might have been some talk of the NFL pushing the draft back based on if there was the, no Big Ten until then, no Pac-12. But now I just don't see how that's going to happen. I think the NFL will probably stick with their draft normally, and the, all these other leagues are going to have to try to take that into account. I also think there are a lot of players in the Big Ten, Rashad Bateman and Micah Parsons, Sean Wade, Wyatt Davis, who's a stud guard for Ohio State, he already said, now that we're playing, I'm playing. It's a, weird, it's a unique format. They'll start October 24th. 
They're going to get eight games in and then an extra game, which will be the Big Ten Championship for the East and West division champs. Uh, so there's, it's a it's a really interesting thing. You know, I guess I would just say this, Brian, kudos to them for changing their mind based on new information, including these daily testing. Their protocols are very strict. Daily testing, have to have the results four hours before practice or games. I mean, they they really have a pretty strict testing policy there in the Big Ten. All of their athletes getting tested for myocarditis. I mean, there's, you know, these heart screenings. So there's a lot there with the Big Ten. I I believe reading it that it feels like they're striking a pretty good balance between giving these young men these opportunities, but also being very cautious and very safe with the way they're going about it, with the daily testing and the heart screenings, et cetera. So I guess my thoughts are I'm I'm glad that they reconsidered. You know, in life, we all make mistakes. We all screw up. And I'm not saying the Big Ten, by the way, did screw up. I'm not saying that they made a mistake. You know, I think they made the decision at the time with the information they had at the time. And now we're more than a month later and they've seen other leagues playing and whatever. You know, it's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And they believe now that they're doing the right thing. Ducks takes. Got some news out of San Francisco uh, where the Niners both signed wide receiver Mohamed Sanu and then they put cornerback Richard Sherman on IR with a reported calf strain. So Sanu has a history with Kyle Shanahan from when they were in Atlanta together. And as you guys know, when I talk about it pretty often, it's lifelines. You know, I think most of the time when I got opportunities later in my career, you know, it was because there was a coach on the staff or an executive or whatever that knew me, was familiar with my work, how I went about my day, what I brought to a team from earlier in my career and said, I like that. I like what Ross brings to the team. Let's let's get him back. And so that's what happened. And that's what's happening as well with Mohamed Sanu. Now, it didn't sound real good for him in New England, so we'll see what he actually has left. But Kyle Shanahan's at least giving him that opportunity in the short term. As for Richard Sherman, we're going to have to get used to, Bry, people going on IR, but only really for like three weeks, right? Because it's just a little bit different that that's going to happen. Guys are going to go on IR, but they can get off in three weeks. Still a pretty big loss for San Francisco this week, especially with the issues they have on the other side of corner. They've had a lot of issues already. You cannot tell me that playing in the Super Bowl and having that long of a season doesn't take some toll on your bodies for the next year. Takes. Some other notes include the Buccaneers putting wide receiver Chris Godwin into the concussion protocol after he was experiencing symptoms on Wednesday. And Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee reportedly had surgery for a sports tourney in Philadelphia. He's going to be out at least six weeks. Well, I've had that surgery that Sean Lee had, and evidently the the big name guy or the guy that most people go to is a guy named William Myers in Philly. So that's why he went there. And yes, as a lot of people like to point out, Sean Lee has gotten hurt a lot in his career. So what? 
So what? I mean, that that's his body, and he's done the best he could. So if you want to be critical of him, okay, he's not entirely reliable in terms of being available. That is a fair criticism. But, man, I mean, a lot of respect for him battling back, coming back from these injuries. Think about how much he must love the game to still play and still battle after all of these different surgeries and injuries he's had over the years. I'm actually impressed by that. You can't really count on him, but the Cowboys weren't really. I mean, they, I think they know that whatever they get from him is kind of a bonus. As for Chris Godwin, not a good sign, Bri, at all. You know, you go on the concussion protocol on a Wednesday because you're experiencing symptoms three days after a game when nobody knew you had a concussion or you weren't in the protocol. I would just tell you sitting here in my chair that I think it's unlikely that Godwin plays this week. You know, you, you experience symptoms on a Wednesday. It's going to be a while, I think, at least the rest of this week before he'd be able to clear those that concussion protocol. So for fantasy purposes, those of you that listen to Fantasy Feast podcast, both of which, by the way, both episodes are posted for this week. So for fantasy feast purpose, fantasy purposes, and for just that Bucks Panthers matchup, I would not expect Chris Godwin. So I don't know, Bry. I'm looking at it right now. I don't think that that's really had an impact on the DraftKings sportsbook line. It's still the Bucks laying nine and a half, but Evans isn't a hundred percent. Godwin, I doubt will play. Interesting. Speaking of the DraftKings Sportsbook, look, I'm giving away free Madden codes. Free Madden codes. All you have to do to be eligible is get the DraftKings Sportsbook app on your phone. Put the promo code in, Ross, right away. If you're in a state, I think most of the states, 40-some states, you can deposit. Just deposit anything. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever it is. Take a screenshot of that. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And then if, you can, if you're in a state that's legal and you can take advantage of it, bet a dollar on some team you think's going to win, and you win 100 this week. Unbelievable. Download the top-rated sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook up now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week two. Bet $1 on them and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100. When you use promo code ROSS during sign-up, limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey PA only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLE. Let's get to an email question, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask ROSS. Address is ross at rosstucker.com. As a reminder, I love any question you could possibly come up with. Whatever it is, ask it. There are no bad questions. And I love when it's outside the realm of football, or I love when it's behind the scenes of football. You take advantage of any of our sponsors over at RossTucker.com or that you hear me say on any of the shows, send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And we're low on it. I only might be have one more email question in the hopper after this one today. What do you got, Brian? 
Hey, Ross. Hey, Brian. And hello, intern Casey. Hope everyone is well. Uh, Ross, what do you think about the fringe players who have a 50-50 at best chance to make a team but have health concerns? Some may very well risk their lives to get a chance to play and fill in for a starter that opts out. I actually think it might be better with the shorter training camp rosters because free agents can go to teams that have opt-out attrition sooner and might have a better chance to make a team. That's from Mike. What do you think? So a couple thoughts. Number one, Mike, that's Mike Shirk. He is awesome. He is prolific on our private Tuckheads Slack channel. Love Mike. He's a Pennsylvania guy. Now he lives out in Colorado, does a lot of charity work. It's funny, like our patrons, Bri, patreon.com slash RT Media, that are active on our, our private Slack channel for the Tuckheads. I feel like I know him. Like I feel like Mike's a buddy now. We got to get more of you. We got to get more of you to be a part of the crew. We got a great group. Uh, Chris Aronchik uh, um, joined us recently. Anyway, uh, Mike, I think this question might have been from Mike more during training camp. I don't care what they say. I think a lot of the guys that opted out are going to have regrets. I think when they see how good the NFL has been with the testing, the daily testing, how few guys have tested positive. You know, I understand the abundance of caution thing, but man, you know, it was the easiest training camp ever for these guys. It's the easiest year to make your full salary ever. As for fringe players, who have a chance to make the team, but health concerns, you know, I think a lot can be said for the guys that have pre-existing conditions to opt out because they, first of all, they're at higher risk. And second of all, they get that money and don't have to give it back. So if you're a fringe guy that had pre-existing conditions, getting the guaranteed money from the opt-out, I think, Mike, was a pretty smart move. Really smart move. For some of them, for both of the reasons why I mentioned. Good question. We need more. Ross at RossTucker.com. Keep them coming. Shout outs to some of our, I think we're done here, members of Patreon.com slash RT Media. Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, Sportaculture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. We will have tomorrow a Finish Strong Friday picks. Friday. We'll let the doggies out. I'll give you my survivor pick. You also can catch up on Fantasy Feast, Even Money, College Draft, and Business of Sports podcast. If you didn't already, really appreciate you keeping it within the family here. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.